0: Hey there, Gary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel, vining, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, knock that out while you're here. And while you're doing that, let me remind you what we got going on. It's called the Summer Shooter It's a series during which we'll focus on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks, two per week, 20 teams in 10 weeks. We're almost done. We're doing them in alphabetical order. Knocked out Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Creighton, Duke, Gonzaga, Houston, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio State, and Tennessee. Really don't think it's necessary for me to keep doing that. It's not. Now we turn our attention to Texas. The Longhorns, uh, they went 22-12 and last season, finished fourth in the Big 12, got a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, beat Virginia Tech in the first round, then lost to Purdue in the second round. From that team... Uh, they lost Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey. That's two of the top four scores. But they're bringing back Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Christian Bishop. And they're adding a top 10 recruiting class highlighted by Iowa State transfer Tyrese Hunter and five-star freshman Dylan Mitchell and Artario Morris. I got Texas ranked 12th in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks of Chris Beard's Longhorns next. But first, a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else? All right, Deadlay. I got Texas twelfth in the top twenty-five and one. That's twelfth in the nation, third in the Big Twelve, behind Baylor and Kansas. Uh, how much do you like? What's going to be Chris Beard's second team in Austin?
1: You wouldn't happen to remember what you had Texas going into last season, would you? I feel like you had them like five or six something. Yeah, like that. it
0: was up. To, I had them pick to win the Big Twelve,
1: I think. Yeah. Um. So this is more I be, reasonable. I should be smarter than that. No. 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 Well, I mean, you're—they're not good. Okay. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you just you opened it up for me. I was wrong. Okay. No, not that <laughs> wrong. No. Everyone had Texas ranked highly, uh, even yours truly. Although I did fade him a little bit. I had him. I want to say that I had him about where you have him now. I had him twelve or thirteen in my rankings heading into the last season. This is more reasonable. I, and you know, if you want a little bit of a of a, a spicy take, I think Timmy Allen could win Big 12 player of the year. I think that's on the table. I really like his game. Him coming back is the reason Texas is even viably considered a top 20 preseason team. His numbers last year were good, not great, but he was central to a lot of what they did and I think he will become even more valuable even though, you know, he's a big, he's not not a guard. He's not going to have the ball in his hands on every single possession necessarily, but he averaged 12 points, six and a half boards, more than two assists a game, and he is their best player. I think if you would ask the staff uh, heading into last season, that would have been their opinion, and I don't think that opinion would have changed at all throughout and is still going to be the case here. Um, Now, Marcus Carr is back. He averaged better than 11 points and better than three assists, and, you know, he was... Again, he was good. Uh, He... I, th- I feel like we talked about this when we might have previewed, say, the Big 12 heading into last season when we didn't do the shoot around series a year ago. Um, but I thought that you and I both like, you know, faded him just a little bit like he had a little too much hype, maybe a little too much expectation. Then again, that kind of went hand in hand with Texas going into last season overall. But him coming back, I think, is big. Christian Bishop is back. Dylan DeSue, who faced injury at the beginning of last season, he would be the potential breakout guy. I actually think that he could be uh, a major factor in getting Texas to top three status in the Big 12, getting Texas to where it could be seeded with a three or a four next to its name overall. And then, of course, and I'll I'll save most of this for you, but Tyrese Hunter coming aboard. um, I think Tyrese Hunter is fairly like a top three to five transfer this season where I wasn't as sold on that with Carr a year ago, which isn't anything against Carr. just you know, I just didn't think that he was necessarily going to be that impactful. Hunter I actually think will be. Um, he averaged 11 points, five assists, three and a half boards, two steals, three more than three turnovers at Iowa State, elite defender, shot needs improvement. There's a bit more with the roster we can get to here, but I just wanted to lay it out uh, for you uh, and kind of volley it back over to you because I know you've got some questions here. Uh, and i do as well but we just did the tennessee episode and i kind of feel like these two teams are are pretty close uh overall in terms of how good i think they'll be texas's schedule um has different challenges than uh than tennessee's so we'll get to regular season win totals in a bit here but your thoughts on on hunter coming aboard and what texas has and what beard has here uh and you know in, in an intriguing second season in austin
0: first uh, let's look back real quick because it, it's 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 wild um if i think back to texas last season you know i go yeah they were okay you know they were n- not what they were supposed to be but they were okay that's the way i remember them truth is they finished 15th at kenbom yes um now they only got a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament um but they did finish you know top 15 at kenbom uh, i think uh, the the reason my perception of, of just being okay is that they never went on any sort of like run or like like once the calendar flipped to january i looked this up this morning they never won more than three games in a row rest of the season they never were like, and Texas has won five straight. They never had anything like that. That'll was be just, part of it. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were just
1: never. They were ne- we never hopped on a podcast and said, "Hey, let me, gee, they've won six straight here." What but about this? That, that just was never, never happened. Yeah. They
0: would win two, lose one; win three, lose two; win two, lose one. It was. It was just they never got rolling. They finished ten and eight in the Big Twelve, which underlines that point. But they were, but they were good. Perhaps not what I, at least I thought they would be, but but they were. That was a good basketball team. Obviously, adding Tyrese Hunter to the roster, I think, is really good. He's big reigning Big 12 freshman of the year. Um, he was among the keys um uh, of, of TJ Osberger being able to turn that Iowa State program dramatically in his first year. Like part of that was was Tyrese Hunter. A big part of that was Tyrese Hunter. So you put him in the backcourt with Marcus Carr. Both those guys can play point guard. Um, I like backcourts with two guys who can both play point guard. What I don't like is having two below-average shooters in the backcourt together, and that's what they are. You know, Tyrese Hunter shot 27% from three last season.
1: That's really why he's not in the NBA right now. If Tyrese Hunter had been a, a, a an above-average shooter, he would have been gone to the pros.
0: Marcus Carr shot 30 – Marcus Carr has played four years of college basketball at three different schools, and he's a career 33.8% three-point shooter. Um, I don't like that. I don't like not having shooting in your backcourt, and they don't really I, – I know that either one of them can make shots and you know streaky and all that, but they're not reliable three-point shooters. Dylan Mitchell, the five-star freshman. A top five player in class of 2022, great athlete, plus defender, terrific in transition, questionable shooter. And then you got like if we're just you know playing out a possible starting lineup, Timmy Allen, 26.7 percent from three, Christian Bishop, 33 percent from three. There's like zero good shooters in the starting lineup. Um, it, it, athletic team. But certainly, broadly speaking, you would have to label it on paper as a non-shooting team. Now, here's the good news. They only shot 33% from three last season, which ranked 215th in the country, and they still finished top 15 in Kenpon. So Chris has shown that he can have a good team, even if it's a a team largely filled with non-shooters or below-average shooters. But if you were asking me, okay, GP, you clearly like him. You've got him 12th in the nation third in the Big 12, but argue against them. Tell me why they might be fatally flawed to actually live up to expectations. The first thing you point to is the shooting, I think.
1: Uh, fair. There could be, and it appears that there will be a ceiling on this team, uh, but they can, you know, if it's a typical beard team that can win with a lot of ruggedness, the athleticism is definitely there. Uh, and if they've got, you know, a, a good nevel, a level of, of toughness there, they, they should be able to get it done and, and certainly... I say certainly feel like a top half of the big 12 kind of team there. Um, I, they, they do have enough size and talent. The shooting is a, is a fair point. And if you're going to resist on them, I think that's also fair. Your point on them finishing 15th at Ken Palm, it's all, you know, victim of their own expectation. Who does that fall on? It falls on, frankly, the media and a little bit, the fans, but most of the media, we are the, we are the ones uh, collectively here that, that put that team on a, on a fairly high pedestal going into the last season.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blame the fans. Okay. okay. I think I'm blaming the fans for
1: that. Right, well, you know what? <laughs> you do that. I was trying to be a little bit more uh, diplomatic. Brock Cunningham's also back. Uh, he is, uh, I mean, he is <laughs> as tough of a player. Beer told me he's as tough as a player as, uh, as, as they had. So getting him back is important. Mitchell back. Roman Brombaugh, a combo guard who I saw play multiple times. Um, he's good I'll, we'll see how many like I think he's a guy who year two year three he plays more and then they've got uh, they've got another five-star player there's a couple of off-season stories with Texas that have not uh, uh, fully yet been uh, explained arterio Morris was top 25 player and he's under a title 9 investigation right now because uh, a former girlfriend of his uh, shared images and Text messages and on stuff on social media back over the summer uh, that alleged like uh, you know threatening behavior, uh, domestic violence against Arterio Morris. Those things have since been deleted from social media, and Texas is undergoing a Title Nine review. He's he's on the roster, but they have not made any kind of statement about any if he has faced a suspension uh, or if he will. So we kind of wait on Morris's situation there, um, and then Jaren's Howard left the staff. Jarence Howard it was. Is one of the more well-known assistants in the entire country. Uh, was previously uh, at Kansas under Bill Self. Um, you know, from Illinois, and he was with Texas for one season. And uh, I, I checked last night. In you know, unless he's been hired to a staff and it hasn't been announced yet, he's not. He's not on a staff right now. And that's just that's not something that. Uh, you know, Jarrett Howard is 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 you know well liked in the college basketball community, and certainly would be coveted by many a power conference program. Um, don't I don't know why that, that has not been explained yet either. There are, there are coaches that uh, that I saw on the trail in July. That asked me, you know, this hasn't been announced yet, but Jaren's Howard's like out at Texas. Do you know why that is? I have not gotten an answer for that. I don't know what the reason is and won't certainly won't speculate. But, you know, there just have been a couple things with this program that uh, that have happened and transpired that, you know, that they don't uh, signal uh, happy things. And we have not gotten any kind of explanation for that. So uh, certainly Felt that was worth addressing on a Texas pod as we get ready to head into the season.
0: Right, Jarrett no longer being there is um, certainly a notable offseason story. Uh, the situation with our unresolved—I'm assuming it's unresolved—situation with Arterio Morris, obviously not ideal. Um, it, it, clearly, you you want every five-star you sign you want available, uh, but you know he's a point guard. They they've got two point guards in their starting lineup, they, they, if you can afford to like not have one of your five-star guys, like the, Texas with our Morris is, is possibly in a position to, to overcome that because of the presence of Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr. Um, but you know, on that we'll see. They also enrolled a uh, Serge Jabari rice from New Mexico state. Who was a double digit score past three seasons. Also below average shooter, 33.4% career three point shooter. But I, I know Chris is, really high on him he has said i think he told john fanta this that they identified tyrese hunter and sergi barry rice as the top two targets in the transfer portal he even went so far as to say that's not bs like i'm telling you the truth those are the two guys we prioritized and, and we got them both and and obviously hunter has gotten the majority of the attention but but rice is um really well thought of within Within that program, so the roster is nice. Uh, I guess if I were, I'm just a little skeptical of, of them being a legitimate championship contender, it would be because of the on paper lack of shooting. One thing that I think is also important to note, um, they're opening a new arena, Moody Center, mm-hmm. three hundred thirty eight million dollar on campus facility, and it's going to hold ten thousand for basketball games. Now they can expand it up to fifteen thousand for big games but it is more often than not you know it it's going to hold just ten thousand. like it's a smaller uh, you know arena than than what they've been playing in and texas has always been a place where i don't know maybe it wasn't the greatest home court advantage but i honestly think with few exceptions everybody should be going smaller like you know you put you put 9,000 people in a 10,000 seat arena, it looks and feels great. You put 9,000 people in a 17,000 seat arena, it doesn't look or feel great. And so I think Texas, like as a basketball team will benefit from this because they'll have, I'm assuming more of a home court advantage than they've had you know, in a long time and, and for for much of even those highly successful Rick Barnes years. Um, you know, ma- making the capacity smaller and creating a better environment, I, I think, you know, b- becomes a-, a real advantage on a game to game basis
1: and becomes an advantage in recruiting. I mean, I- I've been told I haven't been down there yet, but yes, I mean, state of the art arena and the consulting on the build on-, on the construction of this of this Moody Center. Uh, was done with, you know, Austin is one of, like, you know, the four or five biggest music cities in the country. And so a lot of people in the entertainment industry live in Austin or have a second home in Austin or a third home in Austin. And when they built this, like, it was built with, you know, being a a sports complex first, but being an entertainment hub. They've already held many concerts there. Kendrick Kendrick Lamar was there. Kendrick Lamar, uh, you know, plenty of them. DMB, we played like one of the first five or six shows there when it opened earlier this spring. And the way that the way I'm told that it was built, and I literally talked to someone on the music side about this almost a year ago was like if you're Texas football or basketball and you're having official visits, like the way it's constructed, um, you can have recruits going for official visits and like intermingling with legitimate like a level music talent however the build however it's constructed where like there's just inter areas if they want to arrange those kind of things and you can see all sorts of ways that the moody center can be used and can be like a place that you want to go to as a, a student athlete there um you know every school is trying to create some sort of advantage in the recruiting wars with facilities or whatever. I I've, I've been told that the Moody Center in particular and the way that it was built and all the amenities there uh, is unlike literally any other home arena in college basketball right now. And given that it's in Austin, i also think that's um uh, you know, it's 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 a pretty cool thing whether that leads to Texas being back on the on the gridiron we'll see or if Chris Beer can really get this thing where they're they're ranked, you know, top 10 to 15 year in year out. We'll we'll see, but certainly that stuff can't hurt. You want to do over/unders? Can't wait to
0: see the pictures of Timmy Allen hanging out with Dave Matthews.
1: There we go. All right. Regular season win total. We got the round robin in Big 12. Mm-hmm. So no uh, no details need to be shared there. They're going to play home and away with everyone, as always. Uh, a few more years left here for Texas in the Big 12 non-conference. The first big game, Gonzaga, home and home. I went there last year in Spokane when Drew Timmy destroyed texas hold up
0: hold the f up you're telling yeah. me texas went and played at the kennel
1: that's right they played at the kennel what
0: in the world what a, the world? a real
1: a real home you know? and home a real home and home it's true that's awful boy, it's awful brave of chris beard i guess so um so this is the return gonna that's november 16th, first week of no second week of the season second week of the season um should be a tremendous, tremendous game. Uh, given that Gonzaga is going on the road, Texas have a real shot there. Then the next notable game for Texas is uh, home against Creighton, December 1st. Then they'll play Illinois in the Jimmy V on December 6th, probably three tournament teams there, Stanford and Dallas on December 18. We'll, we'll see about Stanford. They haven't made a tournament since 2015. And then they're at Tennessee. SEC Big 12 Challenge. We told you that on the previous episode about the balls. That's the only road game in non-con for Chris Beard's uh, Longhorns. That's obviously uh, baked into the TV schedule, so he didn't have a say in that. But just one one roadie, two neutrals, Illinois and Stanford, and then home against Gonzaga, and then Creighton might be the best team in the Big East. So, you go first this time. What? How many wins is Texas going to have in the regular season as it uh, makes the turn into the Big 12 tournament in early March.
0: Is that normal? Big 12 SEC? Like the, the two teams to play t- two years in a row?
1: Mm. I don't think it's normal, but is that what happened? Texas and Tennessee played last year too? Y- yeah, because I think Rick went back to Austin last yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's interesting. Um, I'll go three non-league losses. Uh,
1: okay. so and that, thinking... that, and, and that might be on the
0: high side.
1: Yeah, that might it's, be the high not, side. it's not inconceivable. I mean, Gonzaga, Creighton at Tennessee. They can lose all three of those games. Yeah, but they get two home losses, but yeah. I
0: yeah. Mean. You know what? I'm going to go two non-league losses. Okay. I'm going to go two non-league losses. And I've got them third in the Big 12. Last year, third in the Big 12 was 12 and six. So I'm going to go eight losses in the regular season. That puts me at what? 23 and eight in the heading into the Big 12 tournament. Texas will be 23 and eight.
1: All right, I'll go twenty-two and nine. I had twenty-two and nine here only because of the the strength of the Big Twelve. Mark me down for a home loss to Gonzaga. Uh, I'll I'll have them beating Creighton. I'll have them beating Illinois and Stanford, losing at Tennessee. So uh, two losses there, and then just seven losses in the Big Twelve because you know got to play everyone on the road there. Uh, So you got twenty-three. I got twenty-two heading in. Uh, uh, Another intriguing year for Texas. You know it's been that way for a while going back to Shaka smart and, you know, it's intriguing for different reasons, but this is the second season under beard. And we'll see, we'll see if not having as much of a spotlight on them winds up benefiting them because yes, while there's still some expectations there, it's not near the level it was heading into last year when beard was regarded. I mean, in candy coaches, he was the best hire. Texas was picked almost universally in the top 10, many people in the top five. And, you know, this year, at least uh, some of that pressure will be off.
0: Yeah, I'll go. Uh, loss at, at Tennessee. Split Creighton Gonzaga. Win everything else in the non-league, and then go be twenty-three and eight heading into the Big Twelve tournament. That seems reasonable, and that would be a, that'd be a perfectly
1: good year, right? It would be. Yes, totally acceptable.
0: Totally acceptable. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck and Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening. I own college basketball podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars, nice review, type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I just get bored. I, I say the same thing every time. I'm just bored with it, you know? Yeah, I hear you. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel,
1: I maybe I you know just just toss it to me I'll say a few words we'll mix it up you know. Yeah,
0: say something. You I'll say make, something. We'll mix it. Listen. Go ahead, you say
1: something. Okay. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because it's not just this. It's not just looking at us, okay? We've also got plenty of content that isn't in the podcast feed. Consider it consider it a podcast when you're listening on your phone, but consider it like you know, a show, if you will, when you're watching on YouTube or watching on your phone. There's plenty of stuff for you to look at there. So we're trying to get the uh, subscription number up uh, as we head into the season there. And yes, we appreciate everyone that is supporting this podcast, and you've helped continue to have give us a, a successful off season. And you're the real ones. You're li- if you're listening to a Texas off season summer shoot around episode, you are a real one. Before the casuals hop back on at the end of October, early November. Don't be a casual. Thanks for sticking around. Until then, talk to you soon.
0: No, tell them. Tell them oh. there's more of us than there are of them.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to tell there them. There are more there are more of us than there are of them. That means there are more of us that are pro premarital sex than yes. there are people that are against premarital sex. Yes. I think that's uh, a certifiable fact, at least at least in this country. So, there whether, are more whether, of us than there are of them.
0: Whether it's me, Norlander, Timmy Allen, Kendrick Lamar or Dave Matthews, we're all
1: I think that's. I don't think you, you're in any danger of any of those people being against premarital sex.
0: Kendrick Lamar just did a whole album about having premarital sex, and 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 marital sex
1: outside of the marriage. It's a complicated Extra, album. I believe that's extramarital sex. He, he had extramarital sex. I, 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 extramarital. Personally, I'm not going to speak for you. I can't. I can't go that far.
0: Yeah, that that creates problems. Yeah. That creates problems. I'm not here to judge anybody, including Kendrick Lamar, but it creates problems. In fairness, premarital sex also can create some problems. <laughs> but the, 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 the good outweighs the bad. I think the good outweighs the bad.
1: We're going to have another regular episode for you here real soon. Thank you for tuning in, watching, subscribing, and uh, we'll talk to you later this week.